0: heart-aching notes from the Charlie Chaplin composition haunt with the words put upon this melody 18 years later now many generations into the future the desire still lives on to smile this word has a reputation it's been around the block I just smiled with such a thought this word this action has graced the faces of sinners and Mother Teresa, Mona Lisa, and Elisa who lives a block away. This thing called a smile has melted hearts upon a baby's face, giggling with joy, has hurt feelings upon a bully's face, smashing a toy. A bride, a groom, I do smile. At the same time, so often it's gone. Be it down a rainy ravine, or lost in an orange sunset sky. The face of a sunflower is begging you to just smile. No, didn't work. Try this song, this this pill, This, this drink. Try this memory, this shiny new missing link. Thankfully. Despite all these gloomy horizons, the smile is a resilient rascal. When you least expect it, it can make your day. Or your smile can make someone's day. Would you smile for a quarter? Would you pay a quarter for a smile? Will it take a quarter, a half century, for you to let yourself smile? There's a waterlogged smile dripping on your porch. Doorbells broken. One last attempt. Knock, knock. Who's there? Smile. Smile who? Smiles down the highway, you left me. I had to walk all the way home. Sorry about that, but but wait, where's the joke? Open the door and I'll tell you one, negotiates the smile. You open the door and inside walks the smile. Straight faced with open eyes Eye to eye, a staring contest starts on the spot. Knock, knock, you say. Who's there? Asks the smile. Make me. Make me who? Make me smile. Okay, ponders the smile. Stare deep into my eyes. And now, blink. You blink, then smile. Okay, you got me, for now. I'm fleeting, claims the smile. But if you smile again, I'll stay a while. A smile for a smile, you weigh. Okay, it's a deal. Let me introduce you to my
1: friend Phil, the therapist. And allow me to introduce my friend Rob, the artist. I was so tempted to say, smile
0: who? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of What do you think of smiles, Mr. Therapist? I think
1: it takes less muscles to smile than it does frown. I think smiling improves your mood. We're going to talk about that a little later. That sort of fake it till you make it sometimes.
0: Fake it till you make it. Your brain We'll be fooled.
1: I also like a half smile, which I'll describe. Go ahead.
0: Describe it now.
1: A half smile is that relaxed smile where imagine you were on the beach. It's warm out, but then a nice cool breeze comes and you're like, "Mm, that feels great. It's not the full on smile. It's a very peaceful, content smile. It's actually a skill from dialectical behavioral therapy. When you half smile, it relaxes you. If you're sitting in the boardroom, long meeting, droning on and on, and you think about when you went walking on the beach, the sunset was so beautiful, you feel the breeze, ah, you can smile. It's almost like the cat that swallowed the canary kind of smile, but it's relaxing.
0: Do you know what is not relaxing? Something that we see perhaps more often than we realize, that is the fake smile. It's one of the most used nonverbal lies. In their brain, they're activating their motor cortex. It controls voluntary movement. And a smile is like a blush. It's a response.
1: And you see fake smiles portrayed in movies where the two... Actresses are on the stage, smile, everybody's looking, I hate you, I know, I hate you too, smile. That's that fake smile you're referring to.
0: Correct. And of course, the way to spot that is, are they smiling with their crow's feet? Do you see crow's feet? Because if you don't, you should be very, very suspicious.
1: Suspicious. Are you talking about the Duchenne smile? I am. Named after Guillaume Duchamp, the French anatomist. Tell me about that. Well, he studied many different expressions of emotion, but he focused on the smile. And like you said, the crow's feet, the lines form around right under the eyes, controlled by the orbicularis oculi muscle, raised cheeks, and the corners of the mouth pulled back by the zygomatic major muscle. So that's one of those full-on smiles where your eyes are smiling. Your cheeks are smiling. The corners of your mouth are smiling. That's a heck-yeah smile.
0: But the bad version of that involves only the zygomatic motor muscle, right?
1: If you've ever seen Terminator 2 with Arnold Schwarzenegger and the kid is talking to him, he's like, Oh, you've got to loosen up. Smile. And he goes like this where he smiles and he's got his teeth and then his lips are back. Teeth-gritting smile. Yeah, that's not a real smile.
0: Like the uh, the Pan Am smile.
1: Like the Pan Am smile.
0: Now, Pan Am was a, it's a now-defunct airline, but they were kind of famous for flashing those, uh, flashing all the, no, let me, re- re- let me, re- let me reword that. <laughs> <laughs> They were famous for sharing their non-authentic smiles to their passengers.
1: On Saturday Night Live, the flight attendants are saying, thank you for flying, okay, bye-bye.
0: The modern version of that is the Botox smile.
1: Yes, that to me can get a little bit creepy.
0: A little bit uncanny valley. Synthetic. You talked about showing little teeth there, right? Yes. In animals, they'll show teeth as, as a threat. warning. Although there is at least one animal that has something that resembles a smile. The Barbary macaques, the monkeys, they have a what you would call an open mouth display as a sign of playfulness. Very playful. Quite cute, I must say.
1: That smile and their sound they make, the high pitched is a precursor of laughter, the ancestor of the smile.
0: They've got quite a few macaques, about 300 of them on the rock of Gibraltar. But smiling is, is contagious. Those mirror neurons fire up. We evoke the, the feelings associated with a smile if someone else is smiling.
1: You can see that in a newborn and an infant. In fact, modern research tells us to smile with the child, smile back, and use mirrors, which helps them form object permanence. But the child sees himself smile, smiles back at himself it's affirming as well as contagious.
0: Here's something that I've never really told anybody. I've, I've just been working on this or experiencing this for maybe the last six months or so, where I've been going on walks every day, several miles, sometimes less. Stress is coming at you every day. The Worry Beans, you should listen to our Worry Beans episode.
1: Worry Beans, sure.
0: I leave with anxiety. I've started to keep track of when I will smile on the journey of the walk. Sometimes if I have a lot of anxiety, I will tell myself I am going to walk until a smile. Sometimes that hits early. Sometimes it takes extra lap or two, but it always happens. It always happens because you, you get that release. Walks are so beneficial for working problems out. The ideas you can come up with just on a walk, the clearing of, what happened earlier in the day in the resetting. And once that smile, I'm like, oh, there it is. There it is. It's a very, what's a good word for that? It's very- Satisfying. Thank you. It's very satisfying. It's like everything everything is going to be okay. It's comforting. It's
1: calming, soothing. Your experience with your workout, walk till you smile. I love this concept. I tend to start with a smile. Mine might be a very subtle smile, but I often, I'll go on a run in the morning. And here in Colorado, we have breathtaking sunrises with crazy clouds that look like an artist came out and painted them. So it's pretty standard for me. Before I even start on the run, I look up, I see the sun breaking through the clouds. Not unusual to snap a picture of it, but it that's more of a calm, peaceful, content smile. Like, look at how beautiful that sunrise is. Today's going to be a great day. And then I go run. So you do kind of the opposite. You, you work out until the smile comes. I start with the smile.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, we'll take them wherever they come, right? Wherever they come.
1: <laughs> I also, you mentioned anxious smiling, which reminds me of gallows laughter. I, <laughs> I, <laughs> that's gallows laughter. The phrase coined on the way to the gallows, where you are either going to be put into the stocks or beheaded. Oh wow!
0: Right. Well, in, in, it's in that some nervous,
1: cu- that nervous laughter.
0: Some cultures, smiling is not cool. In different times of history, smiling has been a, even a sign of embarrassment or shame, weakness, or just creepy. You look back to um, Russia a long time ago. If you uh, smile at somebody on the street, what the hell are you doing? That
1: reminds me of some areas of New York City. (laughs) And uh, Seattle can be like that. I have several friends from Seattle, and the mantra is, don't make eye contact. Oh, wow. Don't look people in the eye. It's a sad commentary, but some cultures don't welcome this is why I think everyone should live in the South at some point because you, you get the big, juicy smile. <laughs>
0: well, you know, it's funny because uh, I, I spoke with someone recently who had never been in that part of the country. And when they went down there to stay for, I think they lived there for a short short amount of time. Um, he talked about how he would go to stores and, and he, he was thinking, what, what are these people, why are these people staring at me? What, what's... And he didn't realize that everyone was just being friendly. More smiles will help the world.
1: We all need to smile more.
0: The most famous smile in the world, the Mona Lisa. The Mona Lisa. The Mona Lisa, Leonardo da Vinci. Leonardo da Vinci was an interesting fellow. He had an insatiable appetite for learning, innovative studies of art, anatomy, mechanics, birds, flying machines, and several other pursuits. With a foot in art and a foot in science, Science. he became one of history's most celebrated and deserved geniuses. The smile of Mona Lisa. At a glance, perhaps it just seems like Just another painting. But let's talk about this painting. Da Vinci started working on Mona Lisa in 1503 and continued perfecting it for years, nearly until his death 16 years later. Now, smiles back in paintings, smiles traditionally in paintings were not a thing because the subject had to... Now, think about this. Think about just sit you've...
1: there for hours. Probably. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah.
0: Think about just even if you've ever been in front of a camera and they're like, "Okay, everybody smile," and, but then they're delayed. <laughs> Someone has to move something, or flash didn't go they're, off. They're, they're taking for yeah something and and pretty quickly that it, smile. You lose which, that smile, right? <laughs> think of trying to hold that for hours, and it just people did not paint this because it. If they even tried to, the smile would end up looking sinister
1: or... Forced, unnatural. Yes,
0: or like some of the smiles we were discussing earlier, those fake smiles. Fake,
1: fake smile, yes.
0: How did Leonardo get Mona Lisa to smile for that length of time? There was an artist, Giorgio Vasari. Now, he talked about what kept Mona Lisa... Smiling. 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 He said, while painting her portrait, he employed people to play and sing for her and gestures to keep her merry, to put an end to the melancholy that painters often succeed in giving to their portraits. It gave her a smile so pleasing that it was more divine than human. Da Vinci was especially interested in how the brain and the nervous system translated emotions into movements of the body. He dissected cadavers. He was part scientist. And this is, he wrote this. The spinal cord is the source of the nerves that give voluntary movement to the limbs. Now, of all the nerves and related muscles, the ones controlling the lips had the highest importance to Leonardo. Dissecting them was tremendously difficult as you can imagine because, well, because lip, muscles are extremely small. Small. And they attach deep in the skin. So he had to become very proficient with the scalpel as well
1: as... The paintbrush. I was going to say that medical instruments probably weren't what they are today. They were probably crude and not
0: very precise. That's an excellent point. So Leonardo also wrote this. The muscles which move the lips are more numerous in man than in any other animal. One will always find as many muscles as there are positions of the lips and many more that serve to undo these positions. Da Vinci depicted the facial muscles and nerves with spectacular accuracy. He drew anatomical sheets. He drew anatomical sheets. One of them displayed the muscles of two dissected arms and hands, and two semi-dissected faces, showing the muscles that control the lips. On one of those faces, with mastery of the scalpel, he has removed part of the jawbone to expose the buccinator muscle, which is heavily used during a smile. He wrote, represent all the causes of motion possessed by the skin flesh and muscles of the face and see if these muscles receive their motion from nerves which come from the brain or not. Now, on the flip side of a smile, Leonardo was planning a battle painting. He noticed a similarity to the anger on the faces of humans and horses and became perhaps the only artist in history to dissect with his own hands the faces of humans and horses. He wrote, and do this first for the horse that has large muscles. Notice whether the muscle that raises the nostrils of the horse is the same that which lies here in man. He studied how each muscle of the cheek could alter the lips and how the lip muscles can pull the lateral muscles of the cheek. So by contracting the muscle that forms the lower lip, we can simultaneously pucker both lips or the lower lip by itself, but we can't pucker our top lip alone. That is extremely
1: detailed. He understood the dynamics of the smile, the muscles, the nerves.
0: Vasari was talking about how he he gave her a smile so pleasing that it was more divine than human. But it wasn't by accident. It's all this work that he put into this smile. After the French Revolution, the painting was moved to the Louvre, but spent a brief period in the bedroom of Napoleon, Now, a side note, the painting wasn't the only thing that spent a brief period in the bedroom of Napoleon. Can can I get a little drum fill in there, Phil? (laughs) Okay, in 1911, the theft of the Mona Lisa and its subsequent return was reported worldwide, leading to massive increase in public recognition of the painting. Now, during World War II, the Mona Lisa was hidden in safe houses, but her spirit continued through the war effort. The British used a coded message to contact the French resistance. La juconde garde en souvi. The Mona Lisa keeps her smile. In 1963, the French government lent it to the United States to be displayed in New York City and Washington, D.C. In New York, an estimated 2 million people were quickly moved in and out and were allowed to glance at the Mona Lisa for 20 seconds or so. Now, while at the Metropolitan Museum of Art, the Mona Lisa was nearly drenched in water because of a faulty sprinkler, but thankfully, the painting's bulletproof glass... Saved it. Saved it. And
1: today, it remains safe at home at the Louvre. And the Mona Lisa is one of the most valuable paintings in the world. It holds the Guinness... Book of World Records for highest known insurance. It was insured at $100 million in 1962. Now it's up to $650 million. But I wanted to go back real quick to the magic of Mona Lisa's smile. I think part of the magic is that it's open to interpretation. Everybody that sees it comes away with a different theory. Maybe she's pensive. Maybe she's ecstatic. And I also feel like the Mona Lisa was one of the first paintings to follow you around the room.
0: Exactly, well that is part of the brilliance of Leonardo. That was not an accident either. When you look straight on, right in front of you, versus- To the side. Slightly in your peripheral. So if you're staring at any other part of the painting, what catches your eye is the lips coming up. If you move or you look at something different, It is, it flickers, and it is alive. People talk about how it's as if Mona Lisa is so aware of you, of your presence. It's quite spectacular. So
1: as I review distress tolerance skills in my dialectical behavioral therapy manual, half smile when you first wake up in the morning. So put the word smile on your mirror by your bed. This will serve as a reminder. When you get up, take a few moments to look at that. Inhale and exhale three gentle breaths. Half smile while you're, while you're stuck in traffic. Half smile while you're listening to music. Well, sometimes you're full-on smiling and jamming, right? But sometimes it's a relaxed smile. Half smile to let go of tension or resentment or frustration you have with someone else. So smiles can be very powerful.
0: Watch any commercial, these advertisements. It's no accident that you will see, they will even go as far as trying to get the authentic smile because they know it will manipulate you, the customer.
1: When I was a clinical director at an inpatient psych facility and you had to answer the phone or talk to a family member, smile when you say that
0: that's that's a fantastic idea and that's that's so true you can hear you can hear the smile hey did you hear did you hear my smile <laughs> i heard you
1: <laughs> i was going to do a and b version 1 it's been really nice talking with you today rob version 2 it's been really nice talking with you today rob can you hear the difference
0: no, no, I'm kidding. Of course, yeah. <laughs> that might have been a little, that might have been a little much.
1: <laughs> well, the first one, it was hard. I smile a lot. And so oh, yeah, tr- that's
0: true. You do. That, that was probably hard for you. One smile, I think, can change the world because think of someone who has had the crappiest day you could ever imagine and nothing is going well. And then all of a sudden, smiling can change the world,
1: especially with a total stranger. I, I consciously, if I'm walking along and I see a total stranger, I smile and wave. It's interesting to see the response. Most of the time, I'll see a smile
0: back. And I'm actually about to respond to what you just said in my closer. One simple smile can change someone's day. And what are the effects of that? The ripples in the water. What distance will they travel? Infinity? One simple smile can reach far beyond this room, far beyond the floor at your feet It can change the world. Will you be selfish with your smiles? Will you be too bitter and unforgiving to smile, too cynical, too outraged, too my team versus theirs, too bullheaded, too angry, too miserable to smile? Or, will you be fearless and giving and unabashedly smile as you make your way through today, tomorrow, the day after that? Will you give? And what if you don't receive the smile back? Does that mean it was in vain? Or does it perhaps mean that the individual processed it at a rate slower than you would have preferred? Keep giving. La Jukund Garda unsuvi. The Mona Lisa keeps her smile. And everyone on your journey will keep yours.
1: Thank you for listening to The Artist and The Therapist. Be sure to subscribe. Contact us at info at That's info at T-A-A-T-T podcast dot com.